Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So it turns out the Bucks had a secret code name for their pursuit of Tom Brady. We'll tell you what it was. And how are the Bucks operating the draft with their social distancing? The Bucks will unveil new uniforms on Tuesday. What will they look like? We have an idea. We've got all that and more in this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. As I mentioned, Steve, it's a big week for the Bucks. Can't wait for the uniforms to reveal on Tuesday, sometime in the afternoon, we think. Our long national that. nightmare will be finally <laughs> over. Absolutely. And then Tom Brady uh, on Wednesday is going to sit down with Howard Stern on SiriusXM for an interview. He does it. No matter what you think of Howard Stern, and I haven't asked you, so I don't know, um, he does tremendous interviews. He's really good at uh, at the one-on-one. He is the best so. interview I've ever heard. Interviewer is that right? Yeah. Okay. Barnum. I thought I, I thought I was using hyperbole, but I'm not. Nope. Right. Nope. I mean, he's you really you good. know, you know my love of radio and my history in radio and yeah, growing yeah. up and been in it. I, you know, in my mind, Rush Limbaugh is the greatest radio talent we've ever seen, and mm-hmm. Howard Stern's the greatest interviewer. Politics aside, you're yeah, saying here's yeah. a guy that, that I'm not built saying, something. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying agree, disagree with him. I'm saying yeah, yeah. entertainer on the radio, right. commanding an audience as right. long as he has. He's the greatest. Howard Stern right. is the greatest interviewer. Wow. And when Howard Stern's show years ago switched from being the TNA and, and, and that yeah, stuff, which yeah. was always the weakest part of his act. It was yeah, always it was. the weakest part of the show. It got the most headlines. Sure. And it got him attention. Mm-hmm. But it was his ability to interview someone. He gets mm-hmm. you, he gets people to reveal their deepest, darkest secrets that they've never told their best friends. Yeah, he disarms and them. Totally. Say them on the radio. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So I mean, I hope you know Brady is uh, is extremely um, you know media savvy, right? He'll block and bridge anything, right? Mm-hmm. If he doesn't want to talk about it, you know, it's even like when we had the conference call. And and I, I think you know I mean he's been in the league twenty years so he, no one's had more of a spotlight than him right probably in the history of the league but um, you know he he uh, even when we had a conference call he goes guys I don't want to talk about the process about how I how I got to Tampa you know how I chose it whatever um, he'll come out and tell you what he doesn't want to talk about and, and he's not going to talk about it you can attempt all you want to but I, I'm interested to see if Stern is going to have some success and you know now that he's not playing for Bill Belichick this is the other thing we don't know. How does what is Tom Brady? What are the things that he would have liked to have shared, right? Mm-hmm. But because of the Patriot way, and no one's bigger than the you know the long snapper, basically, um, do your job and all this stuff. Maybe he will feel a little more relaxed. You know, obviously going on Howard Stern alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just agreeing to do the interview um, is maybe evidence of that. I'm not sure he'd have done that as a Patriot. In fact, he never did. So. Um, I'm certain he's probably been asked. So, so that'll be something to really look, look forward to, I think. It, it's going to be interesting uh, how Brady grows in this move. And, and mm-hmm. part of this is, look, retirement's close for him, whether it's mm-hmm. two years, three, what, you know, whatever, wherever that, that, that end game is in football. We know he's got his TB12 brand. He's, he's starting the production company in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be interesting how he changes and opens up and becomes different you know, media personality than he's been. I mean, he's, you know, as you said, he's always been that Patriot way of very buttoned up. Don't say mm-hmm. anything. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to this. We're, you know, that. It'll be interesting how much of that changes or how much he continues to to, to do or use or say. Mm-hmm. And by the same token, I think it'll be um, an adjustment for him in, in so many ways, but also because because he has set the tone in New England for so long, right, and all those mm-hmm. teammates that have played with him, they they fall in line with Belichick, with Brady. Those are the two constants, and those guys are so driven. And and you know, I just listen. I just listened to the whole uh, Tom versus Time, all seven episodes of it today, and and um, you know, and really got a feel for this guy. I'd seen it when they came out a couple of years ago, but I'm here to tell you, he, he is he is only playing. For one reason and one reason only, and that's to win. He he does not 
you know, this is not about lifestyle change, although I think it'll be welcome. Um, certainly getting out of the cold will be welcome to him. I got that out of it. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, he was always going to, you know, he's always going to chart his own course, as he said many, many times in this, in this um, series that he did. And so by the same token, will, will he be able to influence, and this is what the Bucks are counting on, will he be able to influence the guys in his room uh, and in his building, in his locker room, to match his desire to win. Because he, he says it so many times. Like, look, no one cares. They don't care what I did last year. Um, they don't, you know, it's, did you win? And he said it as plain as day. Did you win or did you lose? Because nothing else matters. Nobody cares. And if he can impart that on those guys, um, you know, already, already um, you know, I think I think players are, he's got their attention, right? I mean, if you're, if you weren't going to work out today and, and you know that Tom Brady is your quarterback, you probably aren't skipping any workouts. You probably, um, you know, I saw where Mike Evans tried hummus for the first time. <laughs> I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> he says, dang, man, I never knew hummus was so good. I'm like, what? <laughs> so we're already on the TB12 thing. The I question is, does he week. really think hummus is that good or is he just saying yeah, it? Or is he just saying it? Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> avocado ice cream is going to appear on the menu next. But – um, these guys are already starting to move that way. And, um, and, and so, but for, for, for Brady, you know, he doesn't have the, uh, the dug in culture that he created and that Belichick created. He's going to a place where the coach is a little bit looser. Um, you know what I mean? And, uh, uh, you know, it, it just, things are going to be different and he's going to have to have to get these guys to, to, you know, prepare as hard as he does. You know, and as he as he said many times, he's like, you know, look, um, you know, I'm pouring my whole life. You better pour your whole life into it, too, you know, or you're not going to have a chance to beat me. But he's going to expect the same of his teammates. So all that's going to be fun. But anyway, getting back to uh, the secret code name. I love this story because, I mean, it, every time Jason liked or somebody tell, and I, I wrote it probably, I probably, well, I did write it first, right? How they got Tom Brady, the whole phone mm-hmm. calls and, and, you know, their pursuit of him and, and, uh, and such and how it wound up, you know, Brady trying to convince them he should come here. So we did that story a while ago, but every time that, that Jason Light or somebody tells it, it gets better. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, like I'm mad that like they like they held stuff back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're gonna probably tell the story about six times. So let's yeah. hold back about six really good details so that everybody, you know, it's like Oprah show. You get a detail, Peter King, and you get well, a detail. You gotta keep. You, you gotta keep. You gotta keep the narrative going. You can't. You know, if you yeah, get, all your best stuff goes out the first time, then you know the, right. the second, third time you tell it, yeah, it loses its impact. It, it's tremendous because they they keep coming out with these morsels. So. Um, and, and I've, I've checked on this, but, uh, so S S I, I think it was S I did a story and, um, uh, and I've since called and confirmed this and got a quote, but so, okay. So they're, they're talking about getting the greatest quarterback ever to leave the Patriots right after 20 seasons and nine Super Bowls and, and six, six Lombardi, um, and come to the anti-Patriots of the NFL, which is, the Tampa Bay Bucks with their 3.87 winning percentage for the franchise, the worst in major professional sports in North America. Uh, and, and to do that seems ridiculous, right? On its surface, it seems like without thinking about it, you go, there's no way, right? And, and even within the confines of the Spectrum Healthcare Center, <laughs> um, they were plenty of, there were plenty of pessimists, right? Plenty of them. So, but but just in case they they needed to talk about this, and they were afraid that you know somebody may hear something in their conversations. So John Spitek, who is the uh, Bucks uh, player personnel director, came up with a code name, and for any time they would talk about the Tom Brady situation, they didn't want to use his name. So the code name, the code name was. Uh, Operation Shoeless Joe Jackson. And, of course, we all remember, you know, Field of Dreams. I mean, Shoeless Joe Jackson was caught up in the uh, – and this is not why they used I was going to say, is it because Shoeless Joe Jackson cheated? And I got that right away. Like, I didn't even think about it, but then as soon as I put it out there, somebody's like, oh, it's because he cheated. No, Um, and he did cheat. He was one of the the, uh, the eight Chicago White Sox that, uh, you know, threw the World Series um, and were banned from baseball. But 
This is not why they use that name. Although if they'd have thought about it, they probably could have come up with a better name. But it turns out that that uh, John Spitek is he's kind of a he's kind of a fan of Field of Dreams, and his whole thing was he kept saying to Jason Light, "Hey, if we build it, he will come and go the distance." Right? Those are the two things that they kept hearing from the cornfields. Right? Um, and and it would be akin to you know to Shoeless Joe walking out of a cornfield would be the same as if Brady were to walk in, walk into the Bucks as their quarterback. It was just that sort of far-fetched, right, um, and sort of out there. So they used, they used the code name Shoeless Joe Jackson, which I think is tremendous. And, um, you know, so I, 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 uh, I got a quote from Spytech, and it was he, he finally responded. But, you know, first of all, is there a better guy to come up with something – clandestine like this than named spy tech i mean that that almost cinches it in and of itself right as as we haven't seen a movie character with that name yet <laughs> i know like james bond and spy tech you know forget jason Bourne. Uh, it's uh, spy tech <laughs> that's right it's a perfect name um so maybe it'll be a villain or something but he goes hey we're just having some fun with it he goes and making sure people didn't know what the hell we were talking <laughs> yeah. about if they overheard like we wanted to keep it as quiet as possible um which probably didn't help that four days before that i pretty much let the cat out of the bag and said they were going to go hard after him anyway um and i did not hear operation had i heard operation uh you know shoeless uh, joe jackson shoeless joe jackson that that probably would have set off bells in in and of itself but yeah no it wasn't about the cheating although somebody was quick to to jump on that um you know so i'm wondering like which code names were rejected like were there (laughs) did he think about this like were there was there anything was it like an operation jerry Maguire? you had me at hello i was trying to think of expressions like that have goat show me the money you know yeah i was thinking like get your goat which is an expression get your goat that would be good operation get your goat operation get your goat sure um operation robert reed who played mike brady of course because yes he knew it was much more than a hunch i don't know like you could take a Belichick line and, you know, Operation, we're on to Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, well, that, but that's too Patriot, right? I mean, that's, that's too Belichickian. That might lead you to think it has something to do with the Patriots. But yeah, yeah I'm just curious. Like, uh, and for those brilliant people out there that listen to this podcast and they're really good on Twitter, like, what were, what were some of the other Operation names, some of the other spy code names that John Spytek may have not, may have rejected in his, uh, in his thinking here, I think it's pretty funny though. Um, just this whole this whole notion that they they had to they had to go around and do this right, like this was something that that they actually thought of. Um, it's it's an incredible story. Look, I still and and even Jason said this uh, uh, again. Every time he talks, he's better. He's like he goes around saying bleep. I can't believe we got Tom Brady. <laughs> like that's sort of been like the feeling right with fans, and it's really a shame. I mean, with the COVID nineteen, it's like you can't believe it because you haven't seen it yet. Because no one's seen him, and you know, of all to, of all the you know the all the free agents, and I mean, let's face it, folks, there hasn't been a stellar group, right? I mean, there's there's been you know, if you go farther enough back, you have your Hardy Nickersons and you have your Vincent Jacksons and and such, right? But it's not like it's not like everybody they put at the big table after they have their free agent hall. It's not like they all deserve a room, right? And and so, but but along comes the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, you know, just the the mere word of it or hint of it has people going to Ticketmaster and jamming up the lines and 7,000, you know, person waiting and all this stuff. But if ever, I mean ever, there was a time that you wanted to have Tom Brady and his family, maybe Giselle, for example, um, play the big room over at One Buck Place and put them up there, even if you weren't going to give them the New Jersey, put them up there with, you know, a helmet and a flag and, and the whole business just to give people that visual. I mean, that this would have been it. I mean, can you imagine? And unfortunately, you know, and it's not the biggest thing, obviously people are dying and this is a very serious um, pandemic here, but um, it would stand to reason that, um, you know, all of that, all of that goes out the window. But nonetheless, I think that's why people, until they see him actually run onto a football field and probably in a regular season game, I think it's still, there's still this, sort of, you know, uh, hesitancy to buy all into the fact that uh, that Tom Brady is in fact a buccaneer. Um and yet and yet he really is. So, uh, you know, 
there and there's like I said, there, he's going to have the interview on Wednesday. We got the uniforms coming out on Tuesday. By the way, about the uniforms, um, there's there's one part of this I don't know. Here's here's what I think. I think as Peter King would say, I think the Bucks are going back to their traditional Super Bowl uniform. I think they're going to be the block letters. I haven't ta- talked to anybody, but but I do. I think it's going to be more traditional, probably a little more simple. Um, I don't know if the red will be redder. I don't know. You know, I don't know. The logo is the same. The helmet's going to be roughly the same. I'm pretty sure of that. And but I think there's my what I don't really understand is whether they're going to stay with the color rush red, right? Which is your alternative third third uniform because we know you got you know you're going to have red red shirts and some variation of Peter pants or red shirts and white pants or you're going to have white. You know, just the opposite of that. You know, white shirts and pewter pants. But is there a third? Is there, for example, all pewter? Right? Like, is there a third color? Because when they did the, you know, remember when they had uh, the little social media tease on uh, Buccaneers dot com. Uh, who was it? Devin White, Levante David, and somebody else. I can't remember off the top of my head. They brought those guys in, and they were they filmed them looking at the new uniforms. And at one point, I think it was Devin White says, "Wow, I ain't never seen a color like that before." <laughs> Something like that. Like I, I'm thinking, well, what color are we talking about here exactly? Um, well, he's a little young for be... the creamsicle. Could it be the creamsicle, yeah. or you know, no, a third jersey creamsicle? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, here's the thing about it is, is that the, the helmet rule, and, and the NFL has a helmet rule where you can't. But they're changing that, or they might change that this year. They've talked about. Well, I think 2021 they're going to change. Is it 2021? It. I don't think okay, okay. Yeah, for 2020, I think they're sticking with okay. it. So I think they're going to have the same helmets, which would preclude probably the creamsicles. It just wouldn't look right. Um, now, next year, I definitely think they'll have, you know, a, an extra uh, jersey, um, you know, wear the creamsicles on a throwback day or something like that. would be awesome. I, I don't know what it's going to be. I'm, 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 not really, I'm not really sure. But I, but I do think that, you know, it's, it's, it's much ado. I mean, I think they'll be more popular – than the um, you know certainly more popular than the alarm clock numbers right and more popular than um, you know even even going back even further. Well, in reality, um, it's going to be hard to tell how popular these are. Well, and, and the reason I well the reason I say that is I think the jersey sales are going to be increased because of Brady. Period. True. I mean, yeah, you're not comparing apples to apples. No, you know, going that's true. okay. You know, five six years ago when the Bucks unveiled New Jerseys, how many jerseys did they sell mm-hmm. compared to Tom Brady's your free agent now? But you know, people will get on yeah. social media and give oh, you. Oh, you know, you're, you're going to hear opinions both ways, and and right. you know, and quite frankly, you and I aren't in the demo that they're really concerned about with the jerseys either. No, no, that's true. But what I'm saying is, is that we know Brady is almost every year the number one jersey seller in the NFL. If not, and he's top five. It's a, it's a lock this yeah. year, right? And he, he is every year, and. It's yeah. the same jersey every year in New England. It's not like it's like who doesn't own a Tom Brady jersey by this point? Exactly, they haven't changed. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so now he's on a new team, and 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 this that you know that the jersey sales are going to be through the roof, regardless of what the design is. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And um, you know, there's been. It's kind of funny. I'm going to write a story about this, but um, yeah, maybe I should hold it for Tuesday. Tell you what, I'll hold it for Tuesday. Ooh, a tease. Yeah, I got, I got some funny stories about um, how the Bucks have have rolled out uniforms in the past. You won't believe. Well, I was going to say, stories. do we know the operation code name for this? Uh... <laughs> no, because we know that this had to start at least a year ago, if not longer. That's right. That's right. Based on the NFL rules and how they go about, you know, working with Nike and the jerseys and that. Yeah, code name uh, T Bass. I don't really <laughs> know. I mean, Tom was on there. Tom was on him about the uniforms before anybody, so it could be anything like that. But yeah, I don't really know. Uh, Operation Catwalk, you know, fashion catwalk. There you go. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's good. It's a great question. But yeah, I'm going to save the stories. Like, th- there's been some, there's been some good uniform anecdotes and how they have the Glazers have. They have a little. Uh, they have a little flash in them. Like they, they. They like to when they reveal things. They like to do it, and of course now they can't. Right? I'm, I'm, this has to be a social media thing, or at least video of players who have put these on, and mm-hmm. and you know I, I think you could speculate that those three guys weren't there not to put them on. Right? I mean they 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 showed them you know looking at the uniforms. I would imagine they then modeled them in some respects. But 
Um, I don't know. Maybe it's changed now with Brady being here. You know, Tom could have snuck over to to the Spectrum. Well, it's closed. That's the only thing. Well, or maybe they brought him. They could have brought him the uniform. They could have sent it to him, Saint, and it's you know Saint Petersburg. Yeah, recorded on right? your cell phone or you know. Yeah. Or hang maybe out there. Maybe on it's the a live dock. stream. Maybe it's a live WebEx for the media. Ooh, and, that would be awesome. Stream that on Facebook or whatever. And right in the thirty thousand square foot mansion that he's staying in, yeah. Davis Islands. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Somebody asked me the other day, they go, like, how big is this place? I go, well, it's really big. And they said, well, can he hold – I'm thinking he could hold a passing camp and not get within six feet of any of the players in his, like, entertainment room. That's how big this place is. Like, he could actually host minicamp. Um, but, yeah, that would be – like, well, he, if they had him – The hard part is you're passing the ball around, which everyone's touching, which is the problem. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I didn't think about that. I mean, that, that you know, you could. I mean, quarterback throwing to you a receiver. You need a lot of footballs. You're, you're a lot further than yeah. six feet to throw the football. But the problem is, but you is, are you know, multiple, your fingers. You know, are, but they're wearing gloves. What if you're wearing gloves though? Yeah. Yeah, but the I don't think it's. I don't think gloves. it's the hands you're worried about. It's the you know. Yeah. If you sweat, were to sweat saliva, a beat of sweat, you know, whatever uh, else, you know, droplet. Yeah, droplets. I prefer the word droplets. Droplets. Okay. Me. Sure. Because that can they can tell anything, right? Droplets. Um. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's that's going to be a problem. But yeah, maybe maybe Brady. I mean, he was here. You know, he just had to be here before Tuesday, and um, they easily could have gotten one over there and said, "Hey, put this on, big guy." Yeah, you know, I mean, FedEx and UPS and that are still operating. You can get you can get anything over there. Yeah, exactly. Or so you know, just someone cool. just dropped it off on the on the corner. Yeah, or leave it outside. Yeah, Bruce Arians just swung by on his way home from. Well, he's not going anywhere. But <laughs> there's <know>. there's <laughs> been enough for, there's been enough reporters by there. They could have they could have dropped it by. Um, you sure so, yeah. you didn't so drop it off there? No, <laughs> I did not go. We did. Ha- we did have some people happen happen to uh, to wing over. Just happen to be in the and, neighborhood. Yeah, they were in the neighborhood, <laughs> and they they talked to a few people that were that were intrigued by where Brady lived. Um, since it's been in all the papers, including the New York Post. You know, th- this did not. I didn't even think about this, and I don't know why, but it didn't dawn on me right away and kind of dense this way. But like, could there be a worse rub than? You're a Boston fan, right? You're a child fan. You're a Red Sox fan. You're a Patriot fan. And Brady gets the – not only does he leave you and he goes to Tampa. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to live in the captain's house. And live and, and pay the captain money. And pay the captain money to rent his house. Derek Jeter, really? A New York Yankee? I mean, how much – what burn? What kind of a burn is that? It's like Babe Ruth all fan. over again. <laughs> it's just the reverse Babe Ruth. It is. <laughs> It's really bad. Went from Boston to New York. I mean, you know, this That's is right. not, you're not going to New York, but yeah, you think of Susan Walman? Oh my God, Tom Brady's in Gina's house. You know, it's like <laughs> you expect to hear that any minute. You know, or uh, we'd ever get back Sterling. to games. We would. Hey, it's, it's the captain. It is high. It is far. But yeah, so that's that's a rub. Uh, I wanted to get into this a little bit. Um, well, a couple of things. One, I, if you go and check out TampaBay.com or uh, in the Tampa Bay Times, I wrote a story late last week since we talked about how the Bucks are sort of going to have to conduct uh, the draft, as is every team, uh, remotely. Okay, they're not going to be uh, – most likely not going to be allowed in the facility. And, um, and so, you know, their IT guy has gone to great lengths of making it possible for spy tech – um, you know, uh, Mike Beal, who's their college scouting director, Jason Light, and I would assume Bruce Arians and others um, to actually, you know, be on the same, uh, I don't know what you call it in computer language, but basically uh, they can look at the same film at the same time. And and Jason Light uh, can can change, like can set the board in real time and they can watch it happen. In other words, mm-hmm. um, like if he decides, you know, well, this guy's falling or this guy should move up or we should move this guy down or this is what this is what uh you know the team above us is doing and they got their board over there so so they can do all this and watch it uh play out in real time i'm still a little confused about you know who's going to make the pick and you know and how the commissioner is going to know and they're going to send it in you know it's not like there's gonna be a guy that can hand a card to somebody um so that that part's going to be interesting but it's a virtual draft and it's really it's really different and i think that um you know like i was talking to mike beal you think it's hard for them imagine you know the players because typically this would be you know we they would have had the pro days that they'd have been scouting and so for the guys that that didn't work out at the combine right 
maybe they had an injury. Maybe they their their agent said, you know, we're going to control things and have the workout, um, you know, at on his pro day, and then the pro day doesn't happen. That can have an adverse effect because in addition to the biggest thing is the medical, which they got at the combine, but they might want to follow up on that. And then um, the other thing is, you know, the coaches typically go to these pro days and they get a chance to interview these guys, get a little, little more time. Then you have your 30 visits. And so it used to be uh, any other year you would have, you can have 30 players who can come to your facility uh, and they're usually there about a day and a half or so, two days. And you can run them through the whole building. You can take them to dinner. You can have other players with them. Um, they get a chance to interact. And you you sort of had the advantage of, you know, naturally when they're when you're talking to the GM and they're talking to the head coach, they're going to be on their, their best behavior no matter who they are. Uh, but then you can see them just – you can go back and talk to people in the cafeteria. You can talk to the receptionist. You can talk to people in the building. What did you think of so-and-so? How did he act? Um, you know, did the players gravitate towards him? There's a great story about how uh, when Deshaun Watson was visiting the Texans – and Bill O'Brien, um, you know, he's coming off a national championship and all this. And, um, you know, he ended up in the lunchroom. And, and, of course, it was an off-season workout program. And before you knew it, there were like 12 or 13 veteran players all around Watson just holding court with him. And so that kind of told them, hey, this guy has a little bit of, of charisma. He's got, he's got that it, right? Like people want to be around him, hear about him, uh, talk to him, that sort of thing. Um, you don't get that this year. You know, you don't you don't have a chance to see them in your in your building, in your in your environment, and see how they sort of how they fit. Um, but at this point, they've done they should have done plenty of homework on their character. Uh, talk to everybody going back to Pee Wee football. I mean, they do that every year, um, and and so now uh, what they're doing is FaceTime uh, and the other apps uh, where you know they can they can talk to the guy. And they can put the coach on there. They can put a scout on there. They can put a player on there. Whatever they want. But you get you get you can only call each team can only call one player three times in a week, and only for one hour at a time. So you have all these rules. You can imagine these guys are walking around just like the phone is just ringing off the hook, right? Or they their whole day mm-hmm. has to be you know twenty nine if you're a good player, like a bunch of other teams that want to interview you, and uh, and it can get it can get kind of taxing on those guys. I mean, I think. Spytech told this story where um, there's this player from the Big Ten. I don't know if it's Michigan, okay, Steve, before you ask. But it's a player from the Big Ten that left his college campus, and when he got to, um, like, his parents' house or whatever, or his hometown, uh, he had left his laptop and everything back at school. Well, then that's when the, the, you know, the pandemic hit and some of these guys couldn't make it back because they closed college, right? So he was at his parents' house. His cousins are running around and everything. He's got his phone. So it was kind of noisy, and so when when uh, Mike Beal called, he had to go out into his truck, right, and take take the call just to get someplace where it was quiet, and sit there and do a job interview, essentially, you yep. know, for the biggest job he's ever going to have um, in his in his truck. So it, there's a lot of lot of things, you know, that uh, that everyone's just trying to adapt as best they can. Well, it's going to be interesting because I think this year more than most, and, and you had the combine in that, but you didn't have a lot of these pro days. Decisions are going to be made on the tape. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be based more on game than on a workout or a mm-hmm. you know a sit down interview. I mean, you've got the FaceTime in that, but it's not the same. And it's especially right. you know when when you got to bring guys in previously that you could have around the building and talk to guys for a day and a half. Now you're getting That's an right. hour on the fa- on FaceTime. Um, very different. Where you're going to make a lot more decisions based on the tape of the last two, three, four years, however long the player played. Right. Um, and, and, you know, what they did on the field. And it's going to be interesting how that changes, you know, how drafts shake out in that. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it because I, I did talk to um, uh, Lee Steinberg, who, of course, I mean, we, we mentioned Jerry Maguire. I mean, he was the original. He was the guy that Jerry Maguire was based off of, right? Um, a super agent. And then, um, you know, he uh, uh, he had a falling out and, and uh, battled alcoholism, which he's, he's been uh, sober now for decades. Uh, and, uh, now, now he's on top again. It's really been cool to see. I mean, his, his client, you know, if you, if you go for this sort of thing, right, his client is now, uh, Patrick Mahomes, if you've heard of him. Who? So that was, that was a good get. Who? So he, but yeah, but he's had Troy Aikman. He used to get every, every major quarterback in, in the NFL for years and years. And, um, and, and now he's back on top again, which is really neat. Cause Lee's, Lee's a sweetheart of a guy. I've known him since going back to when I started doing this in 90. 
Um, but when I talked to him, he said exactly what you said. He goes, look, he goes, you know, I actually think that the draft, the, the accuracy of the picks will be better this year because they'll do it the way they used to do it, which is the film, right? Um, the character stuff they've already done anyway. Um, but he said, you know, back in the day when he started, and he goes back to 75, the draft used to be in January. So basically, the scouting was was watching games played during the year, reviewing the film from those games, watching players at an all-star game or whatever they might have, and then drafting them. And he said, you know, it was a better predictor of what these players were going to do uh, in the NFL because, you know, of course, now it's like, well, can they run a 40, you know? And can they, what's their shuttle time and all this stuff? But, you know, if you can't, if you're a defensive back and you can't cover anybody um, or you're a quarterback who, uh, you know, melts down under pressure, well, that's not going to show in your scripted pro day when, when there's, you know, there might be pressure because there's guys around and you might be able to look at his arm, but he's not under duress, right? It's not like, hey, two minutes to go, game on the line, you know, they're blitzing, running cover zero at you all the time. I mean, you, they they can, you know, make this thing, they, they can make them go 60 for 61 in a pro day, and that ain't going to happen in a real game. So uh, Steinberg thinks exactly what you do. He thinks that the good teams that really evaluate the tape will actually have a better draft this year, uh, maybe than you know, with all the analytics and all the over, you know, over analyzing things. So I'm anxious to see just how that all comes out. It, it will be interesting. And, and to be honest, we won't know. We probably won't know how it impacts it for years to come. But For probably three years, yeah. You know, or mm-hmm. unless, you know, you know, there's some stories. But you don't get that guy that is a freak at the combine. Pro day does right. things the out of this out world. But, mm-hmm. but no one's getting hit. No one's under pressure. No one's – the clock's not running. The fans aren't cheering. Yeah, you know, none of that's going on on a pro day. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's what did you do in college? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get thirty, thirty. Ready to get thirty, ready to get twenty, twenty, twenty. Ready to get twenty, twenty. Ready to get fifteen, 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 fifteen. Just fifteen bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Right. Hey, uh, speaking of, of Tom Brady and, and the Bucks coverage we've had, if you've liked that coverage and you want to read more about it, of course, we have a special promotion at the Tampa Bay Times going on right now. We'd like for you guys to take full advantage of that. Um, it's uh, three months for $3. That's right, three months for $3. And then after that, it's just $7.75 a month. Um, the, uh, the code on that one, it's no, it's not Shoeless Joe Jackson. The code on this one is is TB12. TB12 for Tom Brady, of course. It's a good thing he didn't and, change uh, his number. That would have messed up the code. I know, right? It would have messed up the code. would have messed up his brand. Chris Godwin would have kept that number. We'd be in trouble. Yeah, he's CG14. So we got 12, 13, and 14. Pretty good numbers uh, for the Buccaneers. You want to go play the pick three or whatever. Um, but, yeah, TB12. And, then again, uh, you get to read uh, everything uh, online. Uh, currently we are, uh, began, I think, uh, home delivery just on Wednesday and Sunday. Um, hopefully that'll come back, um, once we get past this pandemic. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, if you need to support local journalism, I would be very grateful. My family would be very grateful, but more importantly, um, you know, it's very, it's very important to have, uh, local, uh, newspapers and people that, uh, can hold truth to power and all those things. So uh, three months for three dollars, and then seven seventy five a month after that. Code name or code is TB twelve for that yeah. Tampa Bay Times promotion. Hey, we didn't talk about uh, the Bucks have a backup quarterback now. Since, they do. Since our last he's podcast, the, yeah, yeah, he's the same one that was supposed to be their backup last year, which is Blaine Gabbert. And if you remember, um, Gabbert was the guy that the Tennessee Titans let go so that they could get Ryan Tannehill. They wanted a better backup for Marcus Mariota. Ryan Fitzpatrick was Jameis Winston's backup, went to Miami. Tannehill left Miami and went to Tennessee. And, oh, by the way, uh, the discarded uh, Blaine Gabbert came to Tampa Bay. But in the preseason, he um, hurt his left non-throwing shoulder. And and when he first did it, uh, it was like an AC joint sprain or something like that. It didn't seem to be 
uh, that major. And uh, we thought he was going to come back after a few weeks. Of course, Ryan Griffin then moved up to the number two, didn't really have to play except for uh, one series uh, during the season. But, um, but, you know, Gabbert, again, veteran quarterback, knows the system. Um, he's worked you know, before with Bruce Arians as one games for him. I think he's 4-4 four and four in his last eight starts. You're looking for somebody that will add to that room. Of course, you're praying and hoping and, and uh, crossing your fingers that Tom Brady can make it through a season, which he has done almost all his career except when he had the torn ACL or the suspension. So um, I think that uh, they just have a comfortability. Uh, you know, it's a short off season. And so you want somebody who's familiar with this offense that already knows it because you don't know how much time you're going to have uh, going into the regular season. So all that stuff kind of makes sense. Griffin is still under contract, and I don't think it would preclude them from even drafting a guy. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk they don't draft a guy that they can stash and develop for the next two years. What better time and mm-hmm. what better opportunity to have than to have a young quarterback come in here with no pressure to play and learn the way Jimmy Garoppolo or the way some of these other guys uh, have learned uh, playing under Tom Brady. Oh, I, I think I, I absolutely think they'll draft a quarterback this year. Mm-hmm. You know, unless unless it's just the guys that they like happen to go right before their picks, or you know, someone right. grabs them earlier it. than you expect. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but but either this year or next year, they are absolutely drafting for sure. a quarterback for sure. You know, I'm not saying yeah. first round; it's not the 14th pick per se. Right. Well, you hope it's the 32nd yeah. pick next year, but yeah. Well, I mean, absolutely. Although, and you it, know, you it, know would who's be, coming it would be interesting if Tua Tagovailoa was available at 14. I don't think he yeah, will be, be, but it would be. It'd be damn interesting because I don't know how the hell that would happen. <laughs> because he's a quarterback you probably, I mean, even though the medical news seems to be coming back great on him, you probably don't want him playing the first year. No, you want to give him a redshirt year for sure. And, yeah. and so, you know, you, and believe me, you don't want to draft him to play him this year if you're the Bucks no. because you've got Tom Brady. Right, so it would be. Oh, that'd be that'd be dynamic. I mean, that'd be fantastic if they could do that. I I I think he's probably going to the top five, maybe the top three or two. Yep. We don't know um, exactly how that's all going to shake out, but I think probably four quarterbacks. You know, I've even saw where Jalen Hurts is supposed to be getting some love uh, and maybe moving up. Although I kind of saw him settling in around the third or fourth round, um, and I would love to have that guy on your football team just because he's such a damn leader. And mm-hmm. you could use him, you know, in multiple ways while he's learning how to play quarterback and improving his. You kind of seem like a Taysom Hill. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, it'd be phenomenal change-up guy, red mm-hmm. zone guy. So, um, yeah, that would be that would be something that'd be interesting. So we'll see if they uh, if they do draft a quarterback. But uh, yeah, Blaine Gabbert is uh, is the backup for now, and Ryan Griffin's on the team, and they usually go to camp with four, um, assuming there is a training camp, and so that's going to be their quarterback situation. But you hope. Of course, they never have to use them, uh, except if there's a preseason or something like that or a mop-up situation. But Brady Brady is not a guy that has missed games, knock on wood, in his career. And um, they certainly wouldn't expect him to now uh, if they can protect him anyway. And that's that's going to be the key. So there was, uh, like I said, uh, mailbag questions we have uh, every now and then. And we ask you to submit them, but you don't have to wait for that. Uh, you can do that anytime by just you know going to Twitter and, and submit a question on uh, Sports Day TV. Or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at com. Good question came up the other day you mentioned, Steve. I, I, I'd kind of like to go over this with you. Simon tweeted us, and he said, I need some help. A lockdown argument happened with one, starting that, one stating that Jameis Winston is without a doubt the greatest college quarterback of all time. Please discuss and agree with the rest of us that our friend is wrong. Well... I'll, I'll preface this with beauties in the eye of the beholder, so no one's wrong, right? It's just it's, it's an opinion. It's sort of like when we talk about who's the greatest, you know, I mean, I think if you go by rings, you can say that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, but there are some that will tell you that, you know, nobody threw the ball better than Dan Marino or Joe Montana was a clutchest guy or whatever. So it's a, it's a nice debate because let's, let's say it from the top, no one is right or wrong here, um, except we're right. And, uh, um, I, I, you know, Jameis... You know, clearly as a redshirt sophomore, he won a national title. He had a phenomenal year, touchdowns and interceptions. He was, you know, a young guy. Um, that game that they had, they televised the other day, they brought it back to ESPN one afternoon, and I was watching the Florida State-Auburn National Championship game at the Rose Bowl, and he gets the ball with like 116 to go after Auburn takes the lead, down by four, and zips him right down the field and uh, ends up throwing a touchdown pass, I think to Kelvin Benjamin maybe or something like that. 
um, or one of those guys. And, uh, and, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal story. Um, you know, the confetti falls and Florida state has a national title and one of the best, um, really the, one of the best national title games there was, but then the next year he got his team back in the tournament, right? They were one of the top four teams. Uh, and then Oregon got him and Marcus Mariota, and it was not a good game. And Jameis, did not have a, a good year uh, in terms of touchdowns and interceptions. I think he was like 24 and 17, maybe touchdowns and interceptions or 27 to 17, something like that. Um, so, you know, that, you know, getting, getting in the, the final four, getting to the championship series as the case may be, and winning one is pretty darn good off the top of my head, Steve. I mean, the, the best college quarterbacks, I mean, I think there'd probably be a vote for Tebow. Uh, you know? Tebow's definitely up there. You know, as far as what he produced in terms of SEC titles or mm-hmm. national national championship, obviously he won was actually part of two of them, I believe, because I think yes. uh, Chris Leak Chris Leak was a quarterback, uh, the full time guy when they won the yeah first that was time. the 06. He was kind of a part time player at that point. Yeah, he'd come uh, in change of pace stuff. and he would do some different things. Yeah, um, and then yeah, in 08, he led him to the national title as quarterback. Yeah, and then I don't know, like I, I mean, this is so subjective, but. Like, um, and this guy didn't win a national t- championship. I, I would say you'd have to go and look at Doug Flutie, I uh, think, from uh, Boston College. Yeah, I, right? I absolutely think he's up there. Um, yeah. And I was looking at uh, the, the, the top of my head, Vince Young came to mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, everyone national. remembers Matt the Rose Liner Bowl and that. Had, Matt, well, Matt Liner Matt was Liner, the other one that I would say. Because he played a long time. Yeah, he went 37-2 right? as a starter in two national championship runs. I mean, that's crazy, right? I mean, yeah. he played four years. He could have come out. The irony about Matt Leinart is if he had come out after his junior year, he was the first pick in the draft. Right. Uh, um, Peyton Manning. But, oh, now, yeah. He, ne- he never absolutely. won a title or a Heisman Trophy, but he was 39-6 and six as a starter. Yeah, the, uh, the, the irony there is, is as soon as Peyton Manning left Tennessee, T. Martin yeah. quarterbacked them to a national title. How about that? Yeah. The next year. Um, so. I, I went through some lists after because that, that was just off the top of my head. I was just going, you know, who? Yeah. And 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 part of it, you know, part of Jameis's ar- argument against Jameis, he played two seasons, just two. Yeah. You know, he was redshirted one year, and then he played two seasons. And 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 right. You know, he look, he's he's in the list. I don't think he's the greatest of all time. Uh, Johnny right. Manziel, you can make an argument for. Um, yeah, I mean, numbers wise, he probably put up some ridiculous thanks yeah. to Mike Evans. Um, you can look at some of the, you know, the Case Keenum's and Colt Brennan's if you want to look just pure numbers, right? Um, and some of that Hawaii and, and other systems that those quarterbacks played in. Sure, um, John Elway. I mean, look, John Elway was phenomenal at Stanford. Dan Marino had a pretty good career at Pitt. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Roger Staubach. Uh, Roger Stallback, yeah, Navy, absolutely, Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, and here's one I didn't uh, think of when I was going through: is Tommy Frazier. Touchdown, Tommy Frazier from Braden. You know, I mean, yeah. it's a different era, and, and there's not as much passing back then. But he was a phenomenal quarterback in college. But you know what? Today, like Tommy Frazier, probably you know because he he ran a lot, mm-hmm. uh, you know, would would be more of what college football looks like. You know, back then. Yep. Um, he was a, kind of an anomaly because he made so many yards with his feet. Yep. Uh, but he was kind of a Cam Newton type. Yeah. You know? Cam Newton's one you could put up there too. I mean, he Cam didn't Newton, he didn't have he as long of a career, national. but man, that the season right. he won the national title. That was good. Is there a quarterback yeah. that was more dominant than him? No. Uh. Uh-uh. That I, no. Know, I can't think of one I've seen. I mean, Drew Brees played you know many years at Purdue and had a great Purdue. Yeah, he did. Uh, okay. Danny Werfel. Danny Werfel played really well for Spurrier. Yeah. Michael yeah. Vick. Yeah, Virginia um, Tech. Kellen There's Moore. a lot of good ones. Kellen Moore at Boise State or Ty Detmer at BYU. Ty Detmer, right? Yeah, um, a lot of numbers there. I don't think I'd put Jameis number one. I mean, he's he's definitely in the mix, and, and I don't you're, think he's number talking one. Talking about him I, at the top, but yeah, I think he's near the top. I th- I think Tebow would get a yeah. lot of that, and again, not th- not because he could, you know, was the greatest thrower, or he obviously didn't have an NFL career because of his limitations throwing the ball, but. You talk about leadership, tough mm-hmm. conference, winning national title, winning, being part of two teams, yep. statue out front of the stadium. You know, all, you know the speech that he gave and all that. I mean, he was pretty pretty decorated. It felt like he was there forever. It felt like he was at Florida for about ten years. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a great. It's a great question. And like I said, there's no there's no definitive answer. But those are. I, I think your friend's wrong, ones. Simon. But Jameis was pretty good. He was pretty damn good, and I and, and I was really impressed when I watched that game because 
man, he's so young. <laughs> I mean, yeah, remember he came to the NFL. He's like twenty. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, and so he was like a eighteen or nineteen year old uh, redshirt sophomore when he won the national title at the Rose Bowl. For God's sakes, um, you know, playing a really, really good Auburn team. That Auburn team was great, and they went down and scored with about you know, like I said, a minute fifteen, minute sixteen, and that thing looked like it was over. You know, and but that Florida State team, man, they were loaded. They were loaded on defense, loaded on offense. Um, you know, and uh, but but he didn't blink. He went out there. He was calm. He was cool. Uh, he made some tough throws. He got one throw. The guy broke a tackle. Went about fifty yards. But um, but you know he he got it in the end zone on third down, and um, you know it, it was it was a hell of a thing. And then the post game interview was quintessential, Jameis. I mean. You could see, I mean, look, there was a reason why the Bucks and Lovey Smith wanted this guy. Uh, he was special. And the next year, not so special, but still got his team back in the, uh, you know, the Final Four, so that wasn't all so bad. But, yeah, he's, he's in the conversation. He's just not number one necessarily. Just thought of another one. And, duh, this is so easy. How about Deshaun Watson? Ooh. Like, won a national title, oh, I don't know, somewhere over like around Raymond James Stadium and beat a really good Alabama team on the last play? The pass to Hunter Renfro, and then he played for a couple of national titles. He's pretty good. Yeah, no, he. Oh, yeah, I, I get. Jameis may not have been the best Florida State quarterback. Huh? What about Chris Wanky? Eh, thirty-two and three <laughs> as a starter. I mean, the record's good. Charlie Ward or Charlie right. Ward? Oh, Charlie Ward. Now, I'll, I might go Charlie Ward. Absolutely. Didn't he win a national championship? Yes, he did. I believe he did. Yeah, his senior year, won the Heisman National Championship. Not only that, he was so good, he became the uh, New York Knicks guard. Yes. <laughs> I mean, how talented is that guy, by the way? It's not enough that you won a high, you, you know, he won the national championship and as a quarterback, then you go play yeah. for the Knicks. So, What about Steve Spurrier? Yeah. Look, Spurrier was really good at Florida. I mean, you know, he's another guy like Tebow. He's got the statue. I just, you know, threw the ball around a little bit. He, uh, he won the Heisman. Um, but Joe so, Namath, yeah, Broadway Joe from Beaver Fall, Beaver Falls, go all the way to Alabama, yeah. And we talk about Jameis Marcus Mariota had a phenomenal college career. His career can match even or more. He played three years, I think, at Oregon, or Jameis played two, right? Played so forty-one games, had, so yeah, that's probably three seasons. He probably he probably had a better record for yeah, sure. Only fourteen picks in those forty-one games. He won thirty-six of them. Wow, really? Wow. Yeah, that's not what And ran for over 2,200 yards and 29 scores as well. He was really good. He was really good at Oregon. He was. Yeah, threw 105 touchdowns, ran for 29, and caught two. Jeez, those are great numbers. In 41 games with 14 picks. That's why he was number two pick in the draft. Well, now he's back up for John Gruden. I'll tell you what, man. Marcus Mariota. So um, those are all good ones. I don't know why I didn't think of Deshaun Watson. Charlie Ward is brilliant. That He was really good. As a college quarterback. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, people might have an argument about who was a better Florida State guy at the time. So, But you know what's amazing? Stuff. Who's not on the list? Who's that? It's Tom Brady. He's the greatest quarterback yeah. of all time. And, and he was good for his two years that he started in college. But it wasn't well, anything spectacular. That's why he was drafted in the sixth round, 199th overall. So It's also because your boy Lloyd Carr messed with his mind playing with you know him and Drew Henson going back and yeah, forth. Yeah, probably. But it was Lloyd Carr who vouched for, to uh, Belichick about Tom Brady. He did. He did. The guy had a bad combine. Um, I was. I, we'll get into this l- later this week. But um, I was watching some of the Tom versus Time stuff, man. And he he knows it too. Like he knows he's not a, he's not the greatest athlete. But you know he has changed. He has changed his body obviously since mm-hmm. then. But they used to like that. They played every year at the draft of him. You know, standing there in his like huge white t shirt mm-hmm. and like these giant gray shorts. I mean. Guys now, like they come out like track stars, right? They got the they got the latex everything, and you mm-hmm. know they're all cut up and they're running, running like they're track athletes. But um, wasn't quite the same back in the combine back in back in what two thousand? Yes, yeah, it was a long time ago. All right, great questions. Hey, on tomorrow's big show, my former radio partner Nostra Thomas, Tom Jones, longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute. Of media study, some interesting things he's had to write about of late. We'll discuss all the sports with him. Rick and Tom will be back again tomorrow, and who knows? Maybe maybe we'll do it twice as nice. Maybe we'll do it again on Wednesday. We'll see. A doubleheader? Uh, also, and you never know. 
You never know. I mean, we get to talking, you know, and it, go, it goes too long for one podcast. Why not? Why not divide it up? So we we might do that again. And then, um, you know, just a reminder: Tuesday the uniforms are coming out. Wednesday, don't forget to listen to the interview with Tom Brady and Howard Stern on Sirius. If you can, if not, go to TampaBay.com. We'll be, I'm sure, we'll be live, uh, uh, you know, streaming it or, or not streaming it, but live tweeting it, and then we'll we'll post the highlights of uh, of that interview. Um, kind of curious, you know, what do you think it's like these days waking up over at uh, St. Petersburg? It's got to be kind of cool, right? I mean, the, the sun comes up and the dolphin are out there swimming, and it's got to be cool. It's except warm. you know, there's no one, no one around. Well, that's true. You know, you're kind of lonely. Yeah, you know, well, I don't know about lonely. Big old house like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can't go anywhere. I mean, they can't, can't have go a, anywhere, no, anywhere. There's no welcome party. There's no you know housewarming party or nothing like that. I wonder if he's got his. I wonder if he's got a boat yet or a jet ski. He's probably renting it from. I wonder Jeter. if they got a no. A no jet ski rule. Well, they, I mean, he's from the, Jeets. Maybe, but when they showed the, uh, the, you know, they got two boat, two boat davits there. When they showed them, they yeah. were empty. They they needed they needed some air, some watercraft. So, well, Jeets probably had them in storage or something. You know, I mean, he hasn't been. Yeah, he there. might have. I mean, I guess. I mean, maybe he'll. Yeah, maybe he'll pull them out, or maybe Tom will buy his own. I don't know. Hope he's careful. <laughs> Be careful out there, man. This guy. I mean, I imagine the boat traffic right now is pretty is pretty thick anyway because no one can do anything. If you own a boat, you're out on the water. He's probably getting a few visitors right about now. Yeah, probably. I would imagine. Yeah, you know, waving to him and whatnot. Um, so yeah, but uh, great shows all this week. Uh, make sure you you keep it right here on uh, Sports Day Tampa Bay, and uh, also go to TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times and, and take advantage of that uh, that promotion. Three months for three dollars. And then just seven seventy-five after that, and uh, the code name is TB12. So for Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.